Okay, so we're um, continuing on in our series called Opportunities and Options, um, selfishly somewhat poking fun at the idea that we're going to two services and we need people, we're giving people opportunities and options to get involved and plugged in and uh, really getting to see what God has in store for them as they serve and connect. So what we're going to talk about today is probably something, if you've been in and around church, you may have awkwardly participated in some foot washing. Anybody? Anybody? Okay, yeah, yeah, it sounds like a great idea. I've done it a couple of times in the youth group, and it's not. Touching other people's feet is not only dirty, it's just a little awkward, especially being an older man with youth. Like, I tried to use it as an illustration, and just it didn't go as well as you envisioned. Um <laughs> But what we're going to talk about is that. So I want I want you to do something for me, and I, I say this a lot as we're talking through text that you're familiar with, is kind of check all the things that you think you know about this text at the door, just for a second. Not that they're wrong, not that you don't need those, but it is um, good for you to get a fresh perspective of a text that you know maybe sounds really familiar. And the kind of one thing that I want you to get out of this is that Jesus led by example. He did things for us that we should do. And there's actually a verse that says, you also should do just as I have done to you. So he's asking us to do these things. So we've been spending a lot of time talking about serving and being um, the church that God has called us to be. And so to do that, you have to make sure that we're looking at the right sources, because we don't want to just selfishly like, I'm going to pick the verse that guilts you into serving in our kids ministry, because I could do that over and over again. We don't we do want you to serve. um, And there is lots of opportunity in our kids ministry. um, But I don't want to just do that. I, I want to get you to have a vision for what God is asking of us, his children and for those who become his children the great honor of emulating him. And so if we're going to look at the right source, um, we get to look at Jesus. And the great thing about Jesus is that he almost always demonstrates what he was teaching. He didn't just, you know, give us all these things. He actually physically did the things that he was talking about. Uh, and there wasn't just this, you know, do what I say, not what I do. Parents. I'm going to give you a little fresh illustration of that. So just the other day, my son Noah, he didn't know I'm going to talk about him. Handsome. I'm looking eye to eye to this joker now. He's my height. Um, so he's got his permit. He's been driving around. And, and so the other day we were driving around and I'm giving him instruction about like how fast to go and what to do. And then he starts questioning me about like, well, how fast do you go on this road? Do you always use your blinker? Do you? And I'm just like, oh. Um, you know, it is it is great because we want to have these good practices, but people are watching us and, you know, and it's just like I say, well, and I did use this. I was like to Noah yesterday. I was like, well, I may go X speed, which I have learned my lesson with speeding. So I, I have a pre-described overage, which I know it's still over the speed limit. But he's like, well, why don't I get to do your pre-described? And I was like, well, I'm an adult, and I don't get fined uh, excessive amounts when I don't get, when I get stopped for. And he was like, you know, the other thing was like, you know, there's no, I never see cops on this road. <laughs> Famous last words for everyone that's had a ticket. Hey, this is the road that you can speed on. So in short, today's message, we're going to talk about how 
how to go low. And I don't mean about, you know, how to go low um, if you're going to start boxing next week and, you know, the, you know, you can't go low in boxing. We're going to talk about what it means to actually go low with our lives, um, which if we're going to be completely on, honest, today's text is going to be one of the hardest applications for us. Because here's Jesus doing exactly what we should be doing. He tells them, and there's so much stuff going on here, so many things that he wants to show us. And I I think there's two main things um, from today's message. One, real leaders lead from a place of humility and service. Period. That's why, I don't know if you came in here earlier, not... I don't know who even spilled it, but why you saw me on the ground wiping the floor, because I'm not above cleaning the floor. There was an overflowing toilet a couple of weeks ago in the ladies' room before service. Who was in there with the mop? Me. And it's not because I'm like, look at what, and I just feel like I just stole all my treasure in heaven for that. But it's not like that, but it's it's what we do. This is the church that you're in. We want to serve. There's nothing above us us. There's nothing above me. And if I cannot demonstrate that to you, then you're just going to be like, well, you know, toilet, Mm -mm. that's someone else's job. I will go in there. So what real leaders lead from a place of humility and service. And this is this is a maybe something you've never caught from this text and something I, I think he wants to teach to us is we need help. We need to help each other keep our feet Clean, which I'm going to I'm going to delve into what I believe he's talking about that. So we're going to we're going to shelf that for just a second. So last words are pretty important. And Jesus had lots of them. there's lots of last words. There was, you know, the last supper There was right before he was taken. There was after he came back before the ascension. There was so many last words, but last words, especially like Jesus, when you know they're your last words, they're pretty important. When we hear those words, they're pretty important. We should be listening to what he said. And he had lots of those. So uh, we're going to pick up in ver- chapter 13 of John. So if you've got your Bibles, I'm going to be reading out of ESV. They're going to be on the screen behind you. But I encourage you to open your own Bible and follow along. Um, chapter 13, we're going to do 20 verses. I'm going to talk about them as we go. We're going to start in verse 1 and we're going to go to verse 20. Before we get into the word, I'm going to pray. Dearly Father, we just thank you for this word. Lord, we thank you that we have this rich source of who you are in the Bible. And Lord, as we look at it this morning, as we open our eyes, hopefully afresh to what you want to show us, because you had something to show the disciples, I pray this morning we, we would be willing to look and say, God, what are, what are you asking for me. And so, Lord, as we open your word, I pray that you would open our eyes and our hearts to you this morning. We pray these things in Jesus name. Amen. So verse one, um, chapter 13, it says now before the feast of Passover. So this is leading up to just a, a few hours, uh, less than a day, like the end. The cross is coming. He knows that. He is getting ready to share. And if you've read in John um, 14, 15, 16, 17, there's so much stuff that he's getting ready to download into his disciples. And before all of that starts, it says, but now before the Passover feast, the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, 
to depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who are with him in the world, he loved them to the end. And so during the supper, when the devil had already put in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given him all things into his hand and that he had come from the Father and was going back to the Father. And there's so much stuff going on there right now. So much. And one of the key things that you need to hear in this, this one piece is that Jesus knew it was coming. It was not a shock. It was not a surprise. He didn't go, oh man, today, today, God, I'm not ready. He knew what was going on. And he had done everything he was supposed to do. He had loved his disciples thoroughly. And he knew that he was going back to the Father. He knew that God had done all these things to him. And one of the key things, For going low. One of the key things for living that life of humility and service to the king is understanding who you are. If you don't understand who you are, then you won't get on your knees. You won't wrap a towel around your waist. You won't wash others' feet. Because you're like, what would people think about me if I did that in front of all these others? But if you know who you are, because this is what this section is saying, is Jesus knew exactly who he was. He knew who he was. There was no identity issues. And so leading into that, in verse 4, it says, they rose for supper, and he laid aside his outer garment. They usually have two layers, one outer garment, and then they have like one, you know, I don't know what to call that thing. It's just an inner garment. (laughs) He laid aside his outer garment, and taking a towel, he tied it around his waist, and then he poured water in the basin. Could you imagine what's going on through the disciples? Like, what is getting ready to happen? This is like, this isn't like Sunday school. They're, there's a, they're like, a lesson is happening. Jesus is putting on a towel. They're getting ready to learn from Jesus. And he pours water into the pitcher. Maybe they're thinking he's about to bring some wine to dinner. Okay. Just kidding. That was back. And he laid aside his outer garment, taking on the towel, tied around her waist. Then he poured in the water in the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So this is what's going to happen. So let's just think about you. And I, I thought about having everybody take off their socks and shoes right now and just look at your feet. And just smell them maybe a little bit. But I didn't want to do that. I wanted to distract because, you know, that smell might overwhelm you. And then you're like... My feet don't smell like his feet. And some wives are already going, I'm thankful that you're not making my husband take off his shoes. But think about it. You have socks and shoes on. Like, your feet are pretty clean. You probably took a shower this morning. Those socks that you put on, if you're over 12 or 15, your socks that you put on are probably clean. I mean, because you didn't just find them on the floor and put them on. You, you put on clean socks. So most likely your feet are clean. In this culture, they did not have Nikes. They did not have lace-up shoes. They had sandals with no socks on. And they walked on dirt roads. It's not like the trail that you've got going around the center that's nice and paved. Dirt roads. And you know, they didn't have cars. So they weren't worried about pollution. They were worried about poop. And there was feces all over the roads. They walked to and fro, and their feet are dirty, nasty. So if you have feet issues, like going, "Mm mm-mm, like if pastor calls me up to wash somebody else's feet, I'm just not doing it. 
If you have feet issues, multiply that by 100 because their feet were disgusting. And here is, and they don't get it thoroughly, but here is the Savior of the world. Here is God incarnate that's lowering himself to the ground and getting ready to do the job that was isolated to the lowest person in the room, to the slave. This wasn't like a high honor, like it's your, t- I get, you know, like kindergarten where it's like they want the volunteer of the day. It's not like, ooh, ooh, me, me, pig me to wash the feet. It was not like that. This was the lowest of low coming into the room and washing the feet. And Jesus did that job. And you got to, you got to get, you got to get some, this is, I love Pete. This is why I love Peter. Pete, you, we should all love Peter because Peter gives us hope. This is Jesus who's rose, has risen people from the dead, who has healed disease, who tells his disciple who he is. Peter that said, you are the Christ. And here's Jesus getting ready to tell him what he said, I'm going to do this. And Peter's like, mm, you ain't doing that. <laughs> it does not work out when you tell God that you're not doing something that he just said he was going to do. And when he came to Simon Peter, so we don't know whether he started with Simon Peter or maybe Simon's watched watched him wash somebody else's feet. But when he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Like He's getting nervous. And maybe he understood how bad his feet were. And Jesus answered him, what I am doing, you do not understand now. But afterward, you will understand, meaning that it wasn't just, this isn't just about washing feet. There's something else going on here. And Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Savior of the world, Christ, he called him that already. He has already proclaimed who he was. But when Christ goes to do something for you, he says, no. Now, he's doing it in an honorable way. He's thinking, hey, you're too above this is what he's thinking. But you just don't tell Jesus, like, no, nah, you ain't going to do that, bro. Like, I'm, I'm not feeling you washing my feet. That you will never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him. And he, his, like the bar just gets like up to the top. If I do not wash your feet, you have no share with me. So if I don't wash your feet, get out. Like, we're, we're done. Peter changes his mind drastically, okay, okay, if you're going to do that. It's like, you know, you with the parent, you know, you know what that level is when you, like, you know where you've hit the heart of, like, I'm taking X away. And be like, okay, I'm good. I'll wash the dishes. I'll do whatever you want. He hit the root. In verse 9, Simon Peter said to him, I love this guy. He said, Lord, not only my feet, like, don't just wash my feet, but also wash my hands and my head. And there's lots of things that we could dig into that about what, you know, potentially they've done with their hands or what they've done with their mind. He's like, hey, Lord, I need to be clean. And Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed, which deeper meaning here, need um, does not need to wash except for his feet. The one that has been cleaned, but he is completely clean, and you are clean. Now, he's going to make a little stipulation here because he's talking about something bigger than, hey, you're great, you took a shower this morning. He's talking about the cleanliness that God has done in him as we believe in Jesus. But he says, not every one of you 
Talking about Judas. For he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. And there's a whole other side story in there. And let me just tell you, if you want to go low, we're talking about this. We've got to talk about it. If we're going to go low, Jesus loved Judas the entire time. The entire time. He didn't treat him. He didn't treat him any different, even though he knew who Judas was. So much so that the disciples, when Jesus started talking about who betrayed him, were like, who is it? They weren't like, yeah, we all think of Judas as like the black sheep. Yeah, that, we knew that dirty joker over there. It was him the whole time. No, none of them had a clue other than Jesus. Not all of you are clean. Talking about Judas. In verse 12, it says, And when he had washed their feet, he put on his outer garment and resumed his place. And he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for I am so. Like, hey, let's, this, let's not take what I just did to diminish who I am, because it doesn't do that. Verse 14, it says, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. He's saying, look, look, look. What I'm showing you, I want you to demonstrate. I want you to do as you are. And we're going to get to verse 20, which is a big deal. As you are a representative of me, what you do in from what you do through what I've showed you to do is is how people are going to understand who you are. They're going to see me in you by your actions. Verse 15, it says, For I have given you an example that you also should do what I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Look, order. He's saying, look, look. Master, servant. Um, Just lost the second one. Messenger. Is not greater than the one who sent him. He, he's telling you, look, look, look. This is who I am. This is who you are. And we're not changing that order. But what I'm telling you is you're, you're going to act on my behalf. And I think sometimes, honestly, we, we, we want to switch the role. We want to show people, like, I'm, I'm, I get to decide what I want to do. I get to decide what's right or wrong. I get to decide. We don't say this out loud, but we do these things over and over again where he's saying, look, look, I am the one who declares what is truth. I am the one who shows you what to do, and that's what he has done for them. Verse 17, it says, if you know these things, blessed are you who do them, which we're going to come back to that in a second. I am not speaking of all of you. I know whom I have chosen, but the scripture will be fulfilled. He who ate the bread has lifted his heel against me. And I am telling you now, this now, before it takes place, that when it does take place, you may believe that I am he. He is telling them over and over again, look, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And later you're going to understand that I said that this is what was going to happen. You're going to be like, man, I don't know why they didn't get it then, but they're going to get it later. In verse 20. 
And anytime you see truly, truly, anytime you see a word repeated, it's, it's, like, a, it's like an exclamation mark. It's a, hey, this is important. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me. Which he's talking about us. And whoever receives me, sent, receives me, receives the one who sent me. So what he's saying here, he's, he's putting this in a position. Our goal, why we're doing this, why we do church, is that God calls us the sent ones. He, we get to go and be a representative to him. And as they receive us and the truth that we're telling them, then they receive Jesus, and then when they receive Jesus, they receive the one who sent him. It's this path. Look at this in John 1, verse 12. It says, But all who did receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. It's important what we do. It's important how we act. It's important what we are about in this world because we are the representatives. And what he's saying through all of this is, my representatives look like this. My representatives are humble and lowly in spirit. They're, they're willing to take the low road. And so here's some things that I want us to kind of wrap our head as we move in uh, to close this. We have to make it the way we think. I know we talked about this through a whole series, that the, what you think is a big deal. What goes on in your noggin, what you allow to go on in your head, will, you will go into the pattern of your strongest thought. You will walk into that. Philippians um, chapter 2, verses 5 and 8. It says, have this mind among yourself. Like, think this way. Which is yours in Christ Jesus, who... Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. He said, have this mind. See, Jesus did these things not just for our salvation. He did these things for us so that we could see that this is the pattern that he's called us to live. And if we have our mind set on this, if we're like, hey, we need to go low. I'm going to tell you, every time you get in your car, you better have a prayer about going low. Anybody else like struggle with driving around here? All you saintly people. Okay, let's find there are other issues. Like every time you wake up in the morning and interact with your children, every time you get ready to step into your workplace, we've got to understand in ourselves. We've got to have our mindset that Jesus, in his highest position, humbled himself to serve. And he became the servant of all. That's who we are, and we have to have that mind. So if we're going to walk into this pattern of actually washing each other's feet, and I don't mean that literally, but literally taking that low position, we have to let it be the way we think. Because in Proverbs 23, 7, and this is King James, it says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so he is. Actually, so is he. Because what are you thinking here? You'll act out. 
what we process and hear. So if we begin to set our mind on what who he is, it transforms the what we do. Because if we change the way we think, we'll change the way we act. See, learn to live low because, and here's another thing that we kind of breeze through. Because out of this, we get joy and happiness and we get blessed. Listen to this. If you know these things... Blessed are you if you do them. If we know these things. So if we know these things, if we see what he's saying and we do them, we get blessed. And I don't mean like, hey, here's your pattern for getting your next, you know, nice car, your next big house. I'm talking about we get the joy that we can't get from anywhere else. We get the happiness that is ours only in Christ. We get blessed in doing the things that represent Christ. So there, there's the low. Here, here's the here's the side note. The keeping our keep feet clean. Just because you are a child of God doesn't mean that you don't have dirty feet. You're like, what's he talking about? Sin is part of life. Period. It just is. Anybody else not struggle with sin in here? Don't raise your hand. Sin is part of life, and we step in it all the time. We just do. Unless you live isolated, very isolated, meaning you interact with no people, you have opportunities to sin all the time by how you react, how you treat them, the way you think about them, even how you're responding. See, 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. It says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Look, here's, here, this is a vicious cycle. Because if you don't get both of these things, it's going to be very hard to live in this humble, low place. Because if you allow the the dirt and grime of this world and sin to infect you, it will will take away from you your ability to get love. Because I don't know about you, if you've ever interacted with someone that you know is struggling with a specific sin and you're trying to help them, how nice typically are they when you're confronted by that thing? Not usually. And what I believe a big part of this is our job is to humbly love people through their sin. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, Jesus didn't put the tower on his waist and be like, Peter, come over here, you know, and he start listening, even though he knew every single one of Peter's sins. I mean, he could have been like, Peter, come over here. I'm going to shame you in front of your whole group. You know, Peter struggles with, and he just starts listing, one, two. I bet you didn't know, but Peter struggles with this, too. Let me wash his feet. See, Jesus humbly got on the floor and began to wash his feet because he's demonstrating for us, although we may be saved, we may be righteous, justified children of God, we need to daily, weekly, monthly, be involved in our own life of how we're processing the sin that we're interacting with. And that's a very nice way of dealing with this cancer 
that is infecting every single one of us. And Jesus is saying, hey, if you've, take, if you've been cleansed, all you have to do is cleanse the feet. Because what he's saying, hey, as you're out and about, you're going to be stepping in things. And you need to daily, moment by moment, saying, God, that right there. And the beauty of this is he's not saying doing this alone, inviting people into this. And let me just tell you, some of our greatest role that we get to play is to love people through it. Like we, we get to get on our hands and knees and say, how can I work you through this? Because I, I don't know about you, but I'm fully aware that there is sin crouching at my door waiting to rob me of every joy and every peace and every bit of happiness that God wants me to have. This selfish sin nature is there. And we have to with each other, walk in this place of how can we clean. So here, here's where I want to end. I'm going to invite our worship team back up. And there's two things. Um, and hopefully, we're going to have, not hopefully, we're going to have our prayer team up front. And let me just tell you, today is a great opportunity for you to take advantage of these people that are going to come up front to pray for you. Because here's what's going to get you in a cycle of living in this joy and peace that God wants to offer you. Confession is a soul cleanser. And let me just say, everybody that comes up front isn't confessing something and be like, like, "Mm, what are they going up there for? Because honestly, if if we were going to really do a good job for what I feel like God's calling us to do, we would spend the next hour in lines going out the room just going, Here, here's, here's where I'm at. Like, I, I need this off my chest. I need to move forward. Because we're called to be like Jesus. We're called to humble ourselves, to love our the people that are around us in truth, but love them thoroughly. And we're called to live in this place of having clean feet. So my question for you is, one, are you living in that humble place of service that you're like, God, I am yours in every moment? Not perfectly, but you're living in that place that you're actively pursuing that. Because if you're not, then you're not doing what Jesus has asked you to do. He's saying, hey, I'm doing this so that you can do. And out of that, there's a blessing for you. So if you're not doing that, here's the best part of today. Just say, God, I'm not doing it. I want to live in this place with you. And just say, God, I'm yours. Move forward. The next thing, if you're struggling right now with something going on in your life, and it doesn't have to be up front today, but find someone. Find somebody that you can just be like, here's what's going on. Because I'm telling you, we need each other. And I know I talk about it all the time, and I know we talk about this, you know, the need for community, but you need other people who are going to live like Jesus and go, God has a better life for you. So my, my encouragement for you today is to look honestly at how you're doing. Jesus is our litmus test, and we're, we're not living to that place then he's the one right now interceding to the Father for us.
waiting for us to just go, God, I need you. Like there's something in just humbly saying, God, I, I have done X. I mean, we know there's, there's nothing that you've done. There's nothing that you've well, very successfully hidden from everybody in this room that Jesus doesn't already know about. And he's just waiting for us to come to a place of just going, God, here it is. And so I'm going to pray for us. Uh, our pray people are going to come up front. If you need prayer, if you need someone just to kind of encourage you, that's what those moments are for. Let's pray. Dearly Father, we just thank you for this morning. Uh, Lord, I just acknowledge that without your Holy Spirit right now, condemnation will rule and reign in this room. And Lord, we just rebuke that. Lord, we take conviction for what it is that moves us forward and towards you. And we just proclaim that the enemy has no right to us, your children. And Lord, I pray for all of those in this room that are... (laughs) Maybe in this moment, they're, they're not your children. They've not surrendered themselves to you. They've not released their life into your hands. And Lord, I just pray that you, through your Holy Spirit, would do what we're unable to do. That you would call us into life with you. And Lord, I pray that you would show us in our life right now how dirty our feet are. And Lord, I pray that as our eyes are closed right now, we would see that image of you humbly before us, ready and willing to wipe us clean again and again. So Lord, I pray right now that as we worship you, as we praise you, that you would do for us and in us what we cannot do. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.